Welcome to Your Truth Revealed, a podcast that explores your hidden physical and mental health potential. I'm Erica Marcoux, and I share with you the power of self-knowledge. I interview industry professionals to talk about how you can be your own mental health expert. You're listening to episode 23, Know Your Soil Health. This is the first part of an interview with Amy Milliron. She says there's a direct connection between healthy soil and growing nutrient-dense food. Eating this food increases your health, strengthening your digestion and immune system. I spent about 10 years of my life with nerve damage. You can have levels of micronutrients in your system that are out of balance. I got on supplements for about six months and I went from a pain level of eight to uh, a one. That whole 10 years was an incredible learning experience. If we do not take really good care of the soil so that it is in balance, then that is affecting our food supply. Amy has a master's degree and bachelor's degree in elementary education from Northern Arizona University and Arizona State University, respectively. She's committed to regenerative agriculture as the founder of Fearless Farmers and Hills of Milk and Honey. Her goal is to educate all ages about healthy soil. Listen as Amy and I also explore how you can support farmers and impact climate change. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing your personal story with farming and all the great things you've already done and you're continuing to do in your community. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for inviting me. One of the first things that I'm curious about is you say that soil health is where human health begins. And why is it important to connect with where our food comes from and eat from that food source? On a basic level, There is a direct connection between the soil being healthy and being able to grow nutrient-dense food that, of course, we eat and the animals eat. And so if we eat animals, then we are eating what they eat. And if we do not take really good care of the soil so that it is in balance, then that is affecting our food supply. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a much deeper level about what is going on in the soil and what we as humans have done to the soil in many places that has had a negative impact. And we have to understand that that negative impact is going to ultimately affect the food we eat as well. There's a lot to unpack there. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about how you became an advocate for eating straight from the food source. This started a while back when you began breastfeeding your child, right? Right. I have two children and I breastfed them both. I really believe that the lining of our gut is really, really important. And the first thing that enters into our gut when we are a baby should be what ultimately protects that lining and breast milk is the ultimate solution to that. My youngest, when he was a baby, our whole family was at a public pool and I was nursing him under a towel and a lifeguard came up to me and told me I needed to nurse him in the restroom. And that really caught me off guard. And I ultimately ended up going to a city council meeting and asking for clarification. It was a standing room only of nursing moms. We spent hours each taking our turn at the microphone explaining why it's important to let moms be able to feed their children. And it started this advocacy effort that I never expected to happen. For a baby to receive breast milk as its first source of food is not something that we should take for granted. I understand that there are people and circumstances 
that make it so that that's not possible or even by choice. It's just that wherever that can happen, it's important to understand why that's so important. We really do need to take care of our gut biome just as much as we take care of the soil biome. Let me take a minute to pause and define gut biome before Amy continues. Your gut microbiome is made of trillions of bacteria, fungi, and other microbes. The gut microbiome plays a very important role in your health by helping control digestion and benefiting your immune system and many other aspects of health. I was learning about our gut biome through that advocacy effort, which ultimately ended up in me working through four different cities in Arizona to get a law passed to protect moms. And then I just decided that I needed to go to the state level and, and did it at the state level. So that was really cool. And the law still stands and is on the books. My need to continue that journey of protecting what our children are able to have access to as far as their health continued. I thought, well, gosh, if I've now understood how important it is for a baby to receive breast milk as its first source of food, then what's happening when they aren't breastfeeding anymore? Where's their source of food? Oh, gosh, food is highly contaminated. And the source of food is maybe not what I thought it was. And why is that? And I just continued on this journey, ultimately ending up to where I am today. And there was something that happened to you on a personal level too, with your own health, where you were unable to find a solution. Can you tell me more about that? Yes, I spent about 10 years of my life in an unfortunate situation where I had a surgery that should have been somewhat routine and woke up with nerve damage that they couldn't figure out how it happened. They couldn't figure out how to fix it. I went through countless procedures, surgeries, medications, and therapies to try to solve the pain. Where was the pain located? It was pelvic pain, which okay. was incredibly uncomfortable. We, as a collective team, meaning therapists and doctors, kept trying to solve through procedures and surgeries. No one along the way addressed nutrition. No one said, hmm, maybe we need to take a look at supplements or we need to take a look at your diet. Now, I've never eaten terribly. It's always possible to improve for sure, even to this day. But there is a component there that was missing. How did you know to look for that? When we moved from Arizona to Texas, I went to see a neurologist. I had exhausted every opportunity in Arizona that I could find to try to help me, and I was still in this terrible shape. I asked, do you have any ideas? And she said, yes, and you actually don't really need me. I want you to get tested by a nutritionist to have them run micronutrient panels. She said, I think that you probably had the pain solved by something along the way, whether it was one of those procedures or surgeries, but the cycle of pain continued, the nervous firing, the muscle was spasming, and it wouldn't stop, and your brain needed to kind of reset, and mm -hmm. there were some things out of balance in your body. And to circle back just for a minute, micronutrient testing looks at your blood to measure specific vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, and amino acids within your cells. And Amy, when I met you, it was the first time I'd ever heard of getting micronutrient testing done. I hadn't known about it. I'm curious, what did you learn at that time? I hadn't heard about it either. Okay. And from her perspective, you can have some 
levels of micronutrients in your system that are out of balance. Mm -hmm. And if they are, then your body's not going to be working at optimal level and sending interesting signals all over your body in the most simple way to put it. You were stuck in that pain cycle and that's very frustrating and it's hard to interrupt it. Yes. And we discovered there was a lot that was off. It was pretty much a traumatic 10 years because Mm -hmm. All of those additional surgeries and procedures then caused additional trauma, really. I got on supplements for about six months. And once we got everything back in balance, I went from a pain level of eight to uh, a one. Oh, wow. And then I continued to get the test repeated every six months for a little while to make sure that we weren't missing anything and fine-tuned it. And now it's to the point where I don't have any pain at all. I actually don't even take most of those supplements anymore because I was able to transition to the whole foods that I need to eat that benefit me. And then that just encouraged me even more to continue this journey. When you got the micronutrient testing, what big micronutrients were out of balance? What did you notice? The most interesting one that stuck out to me was copper and zinc. Mm -hmm. I did not understand the correlation between copper and zinc. They're actually quite tricky to balance. If one is out of balance, they throw each other off. For instance, the first time I had the test done, the copper was way out of balance. And so we added copper. And then six months later, the zinc was out of balance. That's a nitty gritty level that most people wouldn't know. (laughs) And certainly didn't know. But once we got it in balance, I felt like a whole new person. I had been walking around for 10 years just dealing with pain. I think nutrition and gut health is the foundation of all health, including mental health. How was it dealing with that pain emotionally and mentally for so long? It was a mental hit. It's hard to have clarity and my brain is in a fog and I can't really be creative. Once all of the micronutrients were back in balance, then I felt like I could move on and see what life had in front of me where I could make a difference. I obviously realized that that whole 10 years was an incredible learning experience that I could hopefully turn around and teach to other people. Mm -hmm. And I had the energy finally to do that. I think that you and I both have a lot in common. We've suffered with health issues and we take the attitude, there's something to learn here and to not give up and to keep looking for a solution, even if it's something you've not heard of before and simply keep walking the journey. I almost feel like I owe it to people because I don't want other people to suffer in the same way because it's needless. And if there is a solution, let's share it. Right, and food isn't really considered a mainstream solution, but it's not what people talk about. And it's not how doctors are usually trained. I was very lucky to find a neurologist that was willing to send me straight to a nutritionist. And that's unusual. But that would be the norm is to consider nutrition as at least complementary to anything else that you're doing when you're seeking out healing. Well, you told me about a pretty important figure, Dr. Zach Bush. And he educates about the microbiome that is the genetic material of all the microbes. That includes bacteria, fungi, protozoa, and viruses that live on and inside the human body. How do toxins harm that microbiome? Well, 
for me, it feels like common sense, but I have to remember that this is my world and this is my life and I'm learning everything I can about this and it's not really common knowledge for most people. It's not a mainstream thought. But this goes back to soil. Okay. If we think about the fact that soil in our gut has all of these components, we have that link between what we grow in the soil, producing the nutrient-dense food. We want our body to be able to absorb all of those nutrients. Then we need to pay attention to what might be happening to our food in the middle of that process. What's happening between the food growing in the soil and the food making its way to our gut? That's where farming comes in. And our farming practices need to complement what nature is already telling us we need to do. We have disrupted the process by adding synthetic chemicals and we don't need to. There was a Mm. huge conception about what we needed to do in order to produce greater yields and feed people. When the industrial revolution hit, a lot of advances were made, equipment was developed and technology started hitting full steam. All of a sudden we have this massive monoculture thought process to farming. We would plant maybe one crop in a massive field. We would use large equipment to plow and till up that land. We know that soil is having all of these wonderful parties underneath our feet and doing (laughs) what they need to do to be able to connect with each other and synthesize and provide all of those networks. Then the minute we stick a plow in the ground, we are disrupting their world. Mm -hmm. And that ultimately is going to affect our food. The other thing that happens is if we keep growing the same food in the same spot over and over again, and we don't provide nutrients back into the soil that were taken up by the previous plant, and we don't provide proper rest time, then it's not just the synthetic chemicals that are the concern. It's also the way that we manage the land. You can imagine if we do all of those things, then that is not beneficial to us as humans. Mm -hmm. On a grander scale, a lot of people hear about glyphosate, Yeah, when you first taught me about glyphosate, I had no idea what it was. It's an herbicide and a weed killer, and it was first registered for use in the U.S. in 1974. And then consumers started using it in the 1980s. Yes, and they hear about glyphosate being the number one ingredient in Roundup. Roundup ready crops is a common term that the mainstream is now hearing about when we think about the chemicals that go into our food, the collective people trust Mm -hmm. governmental decisions that are made for us, farmers trusting those decisions and feeling safe doing those practices. I don't actually blame farmers for using those inputs in their fields because they were told it was safe. Mm -hmm. But we are learning now that maybe it's not. We know that we should be concerned about the effects that it might have on our food, and we need to be studying this at a much grander scale. People have published. There have been a lot of conversations around what this might be doing to our food system. There is a very informative book called Whitewash by Carrie Gillum. Mm-hmm. She has put together an incredible amount of information. When you read it, you will understand 
that we need to at least be concerned and be asking questions. Mm -hmm. And for farmers who maybe have been a little bit worried about switching gears, they spray the herbicide and control the weeds as best they can, and, and then they till up the food. We have a lot of food, but it's not necessarily nutrient-dense. The concern for farmers is if I know how to do it this way, then I'm afraid to switch because I already don't make very much money. There's not a very large profit margin on food production in the first place. And if I switch gears and try to do this without the chemical inputs, then what if I don't produce enough yield? Mm -hmm. And the research is that it is possible. I really am hopeful that a lot of the large organizations and corporations that produce food will see that we can actually produce nutrient-dense food that yields and will be people. The way that I'm understanding everything that you're saying is that glyphosate is killing the bacteria and the fungi and everything else that's in the soil along with the weeds. Is that correct? Right. Then we have another problem. Just like your body becomes resistant to certain medications after you use them for too long, well, the soil becomes resistant to certain chemicals after you've been putting them on there for too long. Then another type of weed persist despite your efforts. And why do we do that? If we know that we don't have to because healthy soil will take care of itself. And here's a perfect example. Think of somewhere where forests just thrive, where people aren't really there. The trees grow and the soil is super healthy. The natural years that a tree will grow exists and then the tree falls and becomes part of the soil. New trees grow and all those nutrients just keep cycling. If we look at nature and we see that nature takes care of itself without us getting involved, why do we insist on adding all of these inputs when we know that nature is showing us how to do it otherwise? Mm -hmm. I'm boggled by that. And yet I'm hopeful that we can learn from that. If we stay open-minded, if we stay in the kind of mindset that you have, we should be able to make progress for people like me and my husband, you know, we live in a city, we have a small garden where we're trying to plant, but what can people do to enrich the soil in their community? Really, it's as simple as looking at what you are already doing, being willing to make some changes. If you're really interested in soil science, Dr. Elaine Ingham is a master at her craft. She focuses on the soil food web, bacteria and fungi and protozoa and nematodes and all the other microbes that are in the soil. It's how they work together and create networks that transfer and provide nutrients to plants and what is needed to expand that microbial activity underneath the soil. She is a master at her work. She offers a lot of online opportunities to participate in learning. And she also kind of provides a new way of looking at things. You can't help but look at her graphics and think about the millions and millions of microbes that are under our feet that we don't think about because we can't see them. But the minute that you know that they're there, I think it makes you look a little differently at how you stick a shovel in the ground in your own yard how you might not want to till things up too much, even in your own garden. And you might think about what you are putting in your garden so that you are feeding the microbes as opposed to killing them. Mm. Um, you might look a little bit differently at what products you buy at the store so that you are 
adding nutritional benefits to what you want to grow. You might take it a step further even. I lived in a neighborhood and the city comes along with weed killer to spray like the little patch of grass between the sidewalk and the street that ultimately belongs to the homeowner, but for whatever reason, they have been given the ability because of the easement to be able to spray it. And it's things like getting in touch with organizations like non-toxic communities and finding out how you can have a voice and help those kinds of things change. In your own community and in your home, you can be really careful about what you you add to your Mm -hmm. own soil and make decisions based on the new knowledge that you have when you purchase products at the store. Let's pause for a moment here. You can learn more about Dr. Elaine Ingham online at soilfoodweb.com. Just click on the How It Works section. You can also register for foundation courses there. Speaking of nutrition, it's important to balance your gut health. Our featured product for this episode is Restore by Biomic Sciences Company. I also recommended Restore in episodes 11 and 12, Know Your Food. This supplement helps to beneficially shift the bacteria of the large intestine. Restore is a soil-derived supplement. It goes beyond probiotics and can relieve digestive discomfort. Go to your truthrevealcom store and use promo code TRUTH for a 20% discount. Welcome to the bonus segment of my podcast, Your Truth Revealed. I want to highlight a particular topic from my interview with Amy Milliron. I investigated deeper into the work of Dr. Elaine Ingham, a soil scientist for over 40 years. Elaine says that setting up conditions for a healthy habitat for your soil is like building a brick house. You can build the structure in your soil. She says we need organisms in our soil to grow plants, and it took a long time to develop this knowledge. Organisms in the soil play a significant role and function. Organisms also play a crucial role in growing nutrient-dense food for you to eat. The Soil Food Web is the community of organisms living and interacting in the soil. Healthy soil has loads of organisms that provide the necessary work for hardy plants to grow free from weeds, disease, pests, and insects. They just won't be a problem anymore. This is where the building of a brick house comes into play by setting up conditions for healthy soil. Bacteria in the soil is essential and acts like a massive amount of glue. They bind together pebbles, sands, clays, and organic matter. They hold these things to your root system. You can't build a house out of sand and straw. You've got to glue them together somehow and bacteria create the bricks. Fungi are strands and filaments that hold the bricks together. It is the structure of your house and the structure of your soil. With it, you are building the walls, doors, ceilings, and floors. Also, the hallways maintain air passageways, which is critical to soil health. Now you have space for oxygen, water, and roots to move and grow through the soil. Beneficial organisms need oxygen to grow. Conversely, oxygen prevents diseases, pathogens, and pests from growing. There are easy ways for you to assess the organisms in your own soil. 
You can learn more by taking an online course at soilfoodweb.com. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's some great resources. In episode 24, Amy talks about how regenerative agriculture can reverse climate change. When we think of the Dust Bowl, the more that we are growing the same crops and we're not adding the nutrients back in the soil, we're not putting perennial crops that grow in the ground year round so that the roots will continue to grow deep, so that the water can be absorbed, so that nutrients can pass back and forth, then we have a situation like the Dust Bowl. And that is something that should be a huge concern. It has a huge fix that can happen really fast. Until next time, please subscribe and rate the show. Also, tune into Season 1 for more on unleashing your physical and mental health potential. I'm Erica Marcoux. Thanks for listening.